It's no secret the Giants are searching for stars this offseason. But what happens if they strike out in free agency? Well, for one, it would be a nightmare scenario. And on today's episode of The Kerry Crowley Show, we're going to talk about how they may pivot. And of course, this is all starting with the caveat that I believe the Giants' best path to contending in 2024 and to adding the star power that the franchise so desperately craves and so desperately needs to re-engage its fan base is through free agency. I think that signing a free agent such as a Shohei Otani would be a game changer for this franchise. Signing someone like Yoshinobu Yamamoto, Blake Snell, Cody Bellinger, those are the names the Giants should be targeting at the outset of this offseason. But one thing that Giants fans have to do, one thing the Giants organization has to do this offseason is have a plan B because we saw last year what happens when they go after Aaron Judge they don't get him they go after Carlos Correa the medicals fall through and you end up with a free agent cast that just wasn't successful enough to be able to compete in the 2023 season so for the second straight year the Giants missed the playoffs it was disastrous because they fielded a team that was quite frankly mediocre and boring the Giants have essentially said as much they know that the mediocrity was not acceptable they can't come out and say that it was boring but I am certain there were people inside the walls at 24 Willie Mays Plaza people high-ranking officials within the organization who know that that team more than some others in recent years kind of put them to sleep. And so one of the big objectives for the Giants this offseason is bringing in star power, bringing in talent that brings fans to the ballpark, that makes people want to buy season tickets, that makes people want to watch this team on TV, listen on the radio. It's all about re-energizing the fan base, bringing people back to Giants baseball. One of the best ways to do that, getting players who win games and winning more games. It's a very easy formula get back to the postseason. And so this episode is all about what happens if the Giants miss out on the free agent targets they're going after, which we know based on recent history is a real possibility and need to pivot to the trade market. So what I want to do on this episode of the Kerry Crowley Show is walk through three star position players and three star pitchers and talk about maybe the feasibility, the realistic nature of what it would take for the Giants to acquire these players. And so let me start with the caveat yet again, that I don't think it's likely that the Giants will swing a trade for any of these six players. But I do think that the Giants get better by adding any of these six players, that the Giants would be a markedly better team through going through the process of giving up prospects and trading for established major league talent. Because one thing that the Giants really lack is star power, veteran players who've got the track record of production over a long period of time who can help the Major League roster immediately next season. We know that they've got a Logan Webb in the starting rotation. We know that they've got Camilo Doval in the bullpen. And there are a handful of position players who you can say, yeah, they're an average to above average player. You look at a Tyro Estrada, you look at a Wilmer Flores, a Mike Yastrzemski, but those players alone are not going to get you to where you need to be, which is the top of the National League West, which is the top of the National League wildcard race, which is competing for a playoff spot. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Let's talk about the position players who A, could be on the market this offseason, and B, the Giants should be interested in. First player at the top of the list is the man who will most likely be traded this offseason, who is a generational talent at the plate, and who I think is the least likely player of the six to become a San Francisco Giant, and that is Juan Soto of the San Diego Padres. It's no secret that the Padres are set to cut payroll this offseason. They let Blake Snell walk in free agency. Well, he hasn't walked yet. He doesn't have a new destination yet, but the same is true for Josh Hader. Those two guys are not going back to San Diego. If the Padres are going to get their payroll in 
check, one of the best ways to do that is trade Juan Soto. And so what will the Padres get for Juan Soto? Not quite the haul that they gave up to get him when they gave him or when they got him from the Washington Nationals. But we're talking about a generational talent at the plate, someone who's a year away from free agency and someone who could realistically command a contract in, at the very least, the same neighborhood that Shohei Otani will sign for this offseason. And if we know that Otani is just a hitter moving forward after this second Tommy John surgery, wouldn't surprise me at all if, see, if we see Juan Soto eclipse the contract that Otani signs this offseason and ultimately gets more than $500 million next offseason. But why do I think that the Giants aren't a realistic trade partner for the Padres? It's quite simple. Don't think you give up a talent like that within your own division. And maybe, maybe the Giants put together the best offer. And A.J. Preller would say, hey, I get it. They took Bob Melvin from us. They're going to take Juan Soto from us. We just have to focus on ourselves and getting better for the future and building a squad for 2024 and beyond. And maybe that's feasible if the Giants are going to put together a big package for Juan Soto. But I think that A.J. Preller and the San Diego Padres are going to explore every other avenue. I don't think the Dodgers are going to be an option. I don't think the Diamondbacks are going to be an option. And we know that the Colorado Rockies, of course, are not an option because they don't run a competent baseball club. And so I do see the New York Yankees as the leaders in this charge for Juan Soto makes so much sense. There's a ton of pressure on the Yankees this offseason. They need an outfielder. The power left-handed bat would play at Yankee Stadium. It just feels to me like Juan Soto will inevitably be a Yankee or be playing somewhere like the American League East. Hey, the Red Sox make sense as a trade partner. Even the Tampa Bay Rays, they were really looking to improve their club. Maybe they trade Tyler Glass now for Juan Soto. Maybe that works out, but who knows? I just don't believe that Juan Soto is that guy. So who else is on this list of position players who the Giants could acquire or inquire about this offseason? Because Look, I don't want to say they're out of the Juan Soto sweepstakes. If they're clearly the best offer, if they are the team willing to part with the most talent, then A.J. Preller's hand might be forced. But let's look at some other options. One in New York, first baseman Pete Alonso. I think that he is a no-brainer fit in San Francisco, and the Giants would be crazy not to be calling David Stearns right now, the new president of baseball operations in New York with the Mets, and seeing what it would take to get Pete Alonso, who does not have the contract extension with the New York Mets, a team that is probably taking a step back in 2024 with its payroll. Remember, trading Justin Verlander, trading Max Scherzer at the trade deadline. The Mets caved at the trade deadline and essentially said, we're thinking more about 2025 and beyond. Pete Alonso not signed for 2025 and beyond. So while David Stearns loves power and knows that he could sign the anchor first baseman to a long-term contract, knowing the depths that Steve Cohen's pockets can get to, I do believe that for the right price, Pete Alonso could be had. The question is, what is that price and what might the Giants be willing to give up? Because they've already got someone on their team who's willing to play first base and capable of playing first base. It's Lamont Way Jr., Wilmer Flores. But again, you don't think about those players when you're acquiring a Pete Alonso. You think about what happens after that. And what happens after that is you've got a centerpiece, middle-of-the-order bat who you automatically want to talk to about a contract extension. What does that look like? Maybe it's $200 million. Maybe it's $250 million. I have not done the in-depth research on what it would take to get Pete Alonso to sign long-term, but I, what I have done is watch the guy hit for years. I watched him back at the University of Florida. I was the play-by-play broadcaster on his Cape Cod team, the Bourne Braves, back when he was playing summer ball in Cape Cod. The guy could absolutely mash, even though he didn't for that team, never hit a home run. And then we've seen him at home run derbies. We've seen him hit for the Mets. Oracle Park is a big ballpark. Pete Alonso hits the ball out of big ballparks. I don't know if you've seen that swing at City Field, 
but it works. Pete Alonso would be a great trade candidate for the San Francisco Giants. But I do think that if David Stearns is thinking long-term, the Mets would be better off giving Pete Alonso the contract extension that he wants as opposed to trading him to the San Francisco Giants. And now there's a third player, a really interesting player on the trade market, someone who's a no-doubt Hall of Famer in the future. And that, to me, is Mike Trout. Now, will Mike Trout ever play for a team other than the Los Angeles Angels? The answer to that question, I believe, is more likely than not no. I don't see Trout going elsewhere, maybe eventually at the end of his career, home to Philadelphia, something like that. But I do believe that if the Giants were to make a competitive offer to the Angels, they would at least have to listen. I don't think that you're talking about an offer that would cripple the franchise for years to come. I think that you're talking about an offer that the Giants could feasibly give up a few prospects, maybe a few guys who don't necessarily fit their roster all that well right now, and Joey Bart, Elliot Ramos, and then two guys who maybe do fit their roster well, and maybe a Mason Black, a Tristan Beck. Maybe that's what it takes to get Trout to San Francisco. But because of the burdensome contract that he has, because the back end of that deal might not look so good for the Angels, and because Trout has been dealing with injuries, I think that that trade offer, if it comes to fruition, looks a little bit more like the Nolan Arenado deal going from Colorado to St. Louis than a lot of people realize. I think that everyone looks at Mike Trout and you know, his greatness and says, well, it would take you know the entire farm to get him to a different organization. But I do believe that knowing that Otani's off the books in Anaheim, knowing that the Angels have struggled so much to win and stay competitive during Trout's tenure there, that if the right offer came along and the Angels were able to get most of that Trout contract off the books, they would at least have to listen because that is a franchise that couldn't win with Trout and Otani, and so it's going to have to figure out a different way to do so. And there have been rankings out there. I think CBS Sports put one out there. If you look at all the teams right now who could most benefit from Mike Trout playing for them, to me, it's the San Francisco Giants. I think CBS Sports had them behind the Anaheim Angels or the Los Angeles Angels, whatever we're calling them these days. But the Giants could theoretically really benefit from a Mike Trout trade, and they should at least make the phone call. So again, more realistic that you add through free agency, more realistic that Jung-Hoo Lee is your center fielder of the future or Cody Bellinger is your center fielder of the future. But if the Giants were to miss out on those players and did need to go to the trade market to add an impact bat, I think they would at least have to make phone calls on Juan Soto, Pete Alonso, Mike Trout, and maybe Mike Trout could be the most realistic player of that group to get, as far-fetched as that might seem. And I'm not saying realistic in the sense that, hey, 50-50, the deal could happen, it might not. I'm saying, you know, you give the call, maybe there's a 5% chance, but maybe you catch the Angels on a day when they're really thinking long and hard about their long-term future. And so let's get to the pitchers on this list, because I don't think the Giants are just shopping for free agent hitters. I think they're also shopping for someone in free agency to pair at the top end of the rotation with Logan Webb. And so that could be Yamamoto. That could be Blake Snell. It could ultimately be a Jordan Montgomery or an Eduardo Rodriguez if they have to pivot. But let's say, theoretically, the Giants are not able to sign any of the top arms in free agency. To me, there's a clear need for the Giants to still improve their rotation next season. Because look, Kyle Harrison's got a bright future, but Alex Cobb's coming off hip surgery. We don't know what he will look like other than the fact that we know that he probably won't be available for the Giants at least in the month of April. So you've got a number of other guys who still are question marks. You've got Keaton Wynn, you've got Tristan Beck, you've got Mason Black who could all fill rotation spots. Alex Wood is back under contract. What does his role look like? 
probably not as a full-time starter, even though Bob Melvin will use more traditional pitching roles than Gabe Kapler did. But I think the Giants would really benefit from going out through the trade market and exploring their various options. So three pitchers right off the bat who I think the Giants could and should make calls on. One, Tyler Glass now of the Tampa Bay Rays. To me, this makes so much sense. The Giants have done deals with the Rays in the past. They are one of the teams that can swallow the $25 million that Glass now is owed this season. The Rays are looking reportedly to move him for prospect help or a young major league pitcher who could help them right away. I'm sure they've seen Keaton win, Tristan Beck, Mason Black throw. I'm sure that if you package two of those guys together, the Rays would at least have to listen because look, it's just one year. The Rays don't want to pay that contract. And yes, Pitching is in demand, but there are only a limited number of franchises that can pay 125 million, or excuse me, that can pay $25 million for a pitcher who has never exceeded 120 innings in his career. I do believe the Giants are one of those teams. So I do think that Tyler Glass now makes a ton of sense as a trade candidate for the San Francisco Giants, and maybe more sense than any of the pitchers, or excuse me, any of the hitters I mentioned as possible trade candidates. So Guy with insane strikeout rates, guy who misses a ton of bats. Yeah, the Giants like that. Two other pitchers the Giants should be looking at. None other than St. Mary's own Corbin Burns, the guy who's an ace in Milwaukee. But apparently, the Brewers are looking to shed salary this offseason. The Brewers, of course, had the drawn-out arbitration deal with Corbin Burns last year where they won the arbitration case, said some things that upset their ace, and, you know, David Stearns is no longer in Milwaukee. Matt Arnold has taken over as their president of baseball operations, general manager, whatever you want to call it. That's the guy making decisions. And I do think that if the Brewers are shedding salary, the Giants make sense as a potential trade destination for Corbin Burns. And because he's got just one year left on his contract, or excuse me, one year left of arbitration, I think that he can be had for a relatively reasonable cost. And that's not to say that you wouldn't be giving up multiple very solid prospects for him, but you are getting someone who is capable of winning a Cy Young in Corbin Burns with that swing and miss stuff. We know that the stuff would play very well in a pitcher's park like Oracle Park. And so the other thing that I makes a potential Corbin Burns trade so fascinating is what would happen if the Giants also asked for Willie Adamas? Because to me, the shortstop for the Milwaukee Brewers, who you know has had up and down moments throughout his career, was of course traded from the Tampa Bay Rays to the Brewers, has been a spark plug at times, but has also struggled at times with the bat, with the glove, but can be a great defensive shortstop. What would happen if the Giants said, hey, we want Burns and Adamas? I think the Brewers would then in turn say, we want Marco Luciano and two of your top three pitching prospects. So let's say they look at Keaton Wynn, Mason Black, and Marco Luciano, and then you throw in, say, a Joey Barter and Elliot Ramos to get a Corbin Burns and a Willie Adamas. Do you make that deal? I think it's probably more tempting to the Giants front office than a lot of people realize. And I'm, again, just throwing out hypotheticals, no real sense of what it would take to get those two players in San Francisco, but I believe that the Brewers had the option to acquire a Luciano in a trade like that, they would probably jump at it. And so that's where I come down on Corbin Burns. Now, one other pitcher who I think the Giants should be looking at this offseason, and it's not Dylan Cease, the Chicago White Sox, who's got multiple years of team control left, who I think will be one of the most sought-after pitchers on the market, will likely end up in a place like Los Angeles if they miss out on Yamamoto, talking the Dodgers, not the Angels, of course, potentially in New York if they're looking for someone to pair with Garrett Cole atop that rotation. 
But I do think the Giants would be wise to call the Cleveland Guardians about Shane Bieber, former UCSB gaucho. I think that Shane Bieber is a fit in San Francisco, and not only because he's coming off a down year and might be able to be had for a little cheaper than some of these other pitchers, like a Tyler Glass now or a Corbin Burns, but because I think the Guardians are actually ideal trade partners for the San Francisco Giants right now. I think that what Cleveland is looking for, potentially young pitchers in the rotation or outfielders who can add a little bit of pop, say a Mike Yastrzemski, that would be something that the Giants would be willing to look at if you're acquiring a Shane Bieber to pair with Logan Webb atop your rotation. Another factor in why I think that the Giants and the Guardians match up well as trade candidates Stephen Vogt, their new manager in Cleveland. Craig Alberness, their new bench coach in Cleveland. Kai Correa, their new field coordinator in Cleveland. They're all intimately familiar with the Giants organization. Vote as a player, Alberness and Correa as coaches. They know the players that they would want to work with. It would not shock me at all if they would come to their front office and say, we have to have a leader like a Mike Yastrzemski on this team. Or if they want to take on a project, if Albernez, the catching coach, says, you know what? I really believe in Joey Bart. I think he's got a future at the big league level. The Giants just didn't give him enough of a rope. Maybe the Guardians are calling about Joey Bart. Or you could have Kai Correa saying, look, I really believe in the future of young infielder Casey Schmidt. I worked with him. I see this guy's arm. There's a fit for him in Cleveland long term. Would not shock me at all. The Guardians brain trust a vote. Albernez and Correa got together and said, Let's go get some members of the San Francisco Giants organization. Let's give up Shane Bieber to do it. And of course, I don't know what that trade might look like because Bieber has been incredible at points during his career. He's coming off a season where his fastball just did not miss bats. But again, all fun to discuss, all hypotheticals, and all six players on this list, stars who would immediately inject the Giants with some energy, would immediately energize the fan base and give people a reason to go buy a jersey. Maybe you're not buying a Shane Bieber jersey right from the start, but I do think a Corbin Burns jersey, a Tyler Glasnow jersey, Pete Alonso, Juan Soto, these are players who give the Giants a missing element, something that people have been craving to see at Oracle Park for the last several years, and that is can't miss talent who makes every single game fun. So those are the six players I'm looking at. The Giants miss out in free agency and look to make a splash in the trade market. Hit me with some of your players that you're looking at in the comment section here on YouTube. If you're listening on Spotify, thank you so much for listening again. Trying to do more this week as we lead into the winter meetings as pressure heats up on the San Francisco Giants. They've got to make moves. They know it. We know it. It is a defining offseason for this organization. We're covering it all here on The Kerry Crowley Show.